0: to the wellness wave podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Locke. And my goal is to help you help yourself unlock your full potential for receiving abundance and success. Every Monday, jumpstart your week by empowering yourself with knowledge and advice about wellness and personal growth, biohacking and habit stacking, manifestation and nervous system regulation, and so much more. And remember that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Wellness is a lifestyle and a movement to create a world full of people who feel safe, strong, and loved. And practicing good wellness habits can have a ripple effect on those you surround yourself with. So with that, let's create waves. Hello, my magnificent friends. I hope that you are having a wonderful start to your week. I know that I personally am feeling pretty great. I'm feeling refreshed, rejuvenated, and ready to get this week going, get it kicked off to a good start. I just got back from a weekend, long weekend trip. To Asheville, North Carolina. If you haven't been there and you are able, you should absolutely go and visit because it is beautiful and it is so cute and it's full of so much soul. Patrick and I have gone there every year since we started dating, since 2020. Every time we go up there, we're like, hmm, what if we moved to Asheville? I don't know if it'll actually happen, but it's fun to fantasize about. The beautiful thing is, that it's not very far from where we live. It's far enough that we need to go up there for a weekend for it to to be worth it, but it's not bad. It's not bad at all. And we just had the most blissed-out weekend. We went with some of his coworkers, so it was really nice getting to bond with a group of people that Patrick knew really well, but I had only met a few times. I definitely needed needed the socialization, that was really important and valuable to me. And, you know, everyone was getting along really well. We played a lot of board games and card games. We went to many different group bonding activity type things, such as an escape room, which is really fun. I find escape rooms to be really interesting because you really see dynamics come out that you may not have expected to or maybe you totally did expect them to. I've found that over the years as I've done more escape rooms, that was probably like my fourth or fifth one that I've done now, I feel like every time I do it I just take more and more of a back seat and I always want to be the person to solve the problems and solve the clues and i could I totally could but I kind of let other people rush to it and I just provide the support where necessary and I think that speaks a lot to how I've grown as a person I used to always need to be front and center I don't think I realized how much I needed that but I definitely did it's very much my leo quality and don't get me wrong I still like being front and center that's why I'm behind a microphone and behind a camera and, you know, putting my face and my message and my voice out there. However, I think a big lesson for me to learn in this lifetime, or a couple of lessons really, the first is patience. The second is listening being able to really listen to what other people are sharing and the third is to move slowly and as I always say in my podcast slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be obviously when you were in an escape room you were under the limitations of the time which I think is a really interesting exercise a lot of us do really well under that sense of pressure that time sense of pressure but the question is, are we actually doing well or are we just putting ourselves into fight or flight mode so that we can react and get things done because we're worried if we don't do them, then some, some consequence is going to occur. We won't have enough time to make thoughtful decisions. We may act solely because we think it's the fastest way to go about something And that can lead to us missing a lot of the bigger picture missing tiny details and i'm not just talking about work assignments but you know something such as investing or um, i don't know like paying a bill that you need to pay fixing something that's going on with your car whether it's needing to get an oil change or fill up your tires Things like this in our lives that we procrastinate on put us into danger, whether it's real physical danger or more emotional danger. Either way, it's triggering that fight or flight or freeze or fawn response within us. And so that leads us to living in a chronic state of stress that is not good for the mind, body, or spirit. So slowing down is really important for this reason we need to step back, see the bigger picture, prioritize, not procrastinate, and slowly move through the steps of whatever project or end goal it is we're trying to reach. And slowly moving through these steps is what creates a system of goals. I've been reading and learning more about setting systems versus setting goals. I'm not saying you shouldn't be setting goals because I love setting intentions and goals. It's You know, it gives you something to work towards and it gives you the framework so that you can build the system to get you there. But if you are creating goals and not creating systems, what are you doing? That is not going to help you land where you want to land. Because if you keep setting goals for yourself, but you aren't changing the in between behaviors, the daily behaviors that will propel you forward, then you may not ever end up checking those goals off your list. That's just the harsh reality. But if we can readjust our habits, readjust our focus, turn to things that are important, and that doesn't mean being productive all the time. In fact, productive means doing things as efficiently and as quickly and as effectively as possible. So productivity doesn't mean working more. It means working smarter, not harder. One of the main reasons we have such a hard time in today's society Setting these systems and achieving the goals that we set for ourselves is because of this funny little thing called instant gratification. I am sure that you've heard this term talked about quite a bit. To be completely real with you, it is honestly a threat to your peace, to your well-being, to your balance, to your groundedness. And that is because instant gratification gives the brain a reward of a hit of dopamine, in the same way that taking drugs would give your brain a hit of dopamine. And when we are not putting in the action and the effort to receive the reward, that trains our brains to be lazy. It also lowers the dopamine threshold. So we and we require more dopamine in order to feel more excited and invigorated about life. Meaning that things that should bring us joy and should make us feel excited may not even bring us comfort anymore, such as hanging out with friends or eating a lovely meal. And if you think about addicts and addictive behavior, it's not something to aspire to. It doesn't matter what you're addicted to, whether it's food, alcohol, shopping, um, exercising, working, drugs. Any of these things can be d- very dangerous when not when not incorporated into our lives in moderation. Oh my gosh, I can't talk you may be listening to this thinking, oh, I don't have any addictions. I feel good about the balance in my life. But I bet what's more likely than not is you pick up this little rectangular device with a screen on it hundreds of times a day and don't even consciously realize it. And maybe, you, maybe you've maybe you spent a lot of time and effort in not doing this already. If so, kudos to you. You're on the right track. But for many of us, we are constantly getting these little dopamine hits, whether we're scrolling on social media or getting that little notification bell or buzz. And this can be really harmful to the brain. And I'm sure you've heard there's there's science to show this. When I check my screen time or think about how much of my day I could have allocated to more productive and by productive, again, I don't necessarily mean working on career-related things, but just doing things that are good for my mind, body, and spirit, right? I could have spent so much time doing that and taking care of myself in one way or another if I hadn't been picking up my stupid little phone, you know? Another example of instant gratification in my life and how I struggle with it is online shopping. I love looking at clothes and furniture and you name it on the internet. And I will, I will stay up late just scrolling through different websites, um, adding things to my card that I really can't afford and I don't need to spend money on. Meanwhile, I'm wanting to save up for this bigger, nicer item, whatever that may be. And I end up prioritizing the quick fix. Oh, I can buy this for $100 instead of $1,000. So I'm going to buy this now. But then You know, say goodbye to the hundred dollars that could have been in that savings fund for the bigger item. That's just an example of this instant gratification mechanism and the inability to latch on to the delayed gratification. You may or may not have heard of the marshmallow experiment before. Essentially, they took a group of kids and gave them one marshmallow, and they told all the kids that if they could wait to eat the marshmallow, then they would get a second one. So they would have two marshmallows. But if they did not, but if they did eat the marshmallow, they wouldn't get another one, right? So they followed these kids, and this was at oh, Stanford, by the way. with psychologist Walter Michelle Mischel, I don't know, in 1972. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But he, but they followed these kids throughout their lives as they grew older, and they found... Very fascinatingly, that the kids who were able to delay gratification to get the two marshmallows actually had a lot more success in all areas of life, whereas the kids who were impulsive and wanted that instant gratification hit from the one marshmallow were not doing quite as well. Not to say that they were really suffering and struggling, but they may not have excelled the way that the other group Did so. If you have big dreams and big goals for your future, the number one skill you should learn is delayed gratification. This has to do with our willpower, it has to do with our ability to say no, to resist the temptation of being impulsive. And part of this is just maturing and growing up. You'll get better with this as you get older. But in other areas, you may still really struggle with impulse control, especially if you are a bit neurodivergent and have that tendency to wander off and forget your focus. Your ability to delay gratification and not succumb to that insatiable mammalian brain need for instant gratification can actually do a lot more than just help you in your career. It can literally save your life. Think about car accidents. They are, car accidents from checking a phone is one of the top things that leads to automobile deaths and accidents. So if you can resist the urge to pick up your phone when it buzzes in the car, you could be saving not just your life, but lives of others too. Also, instant gratification, that desire for a quick fix has started leading to antibiotic resistance and other problems in the body, chronic illnesses, because we don't trust as a society that our bodies are far more capable of healing than we give them the space to be. If you take one too many doses of antibiotics that your body really doesn't need because your doctor over-prescribes them to to you or prescribes them to you when you really don't need them, then your body and the pathogens within your body may learn how to survive around that antibiotic, therefore leading to antibiotic resistance. Also, you're going to destroy your gut microbiome. Nobody wants that. Now, I'm not here saying that you shouldn't listen to the advice of your doctor or that antibiotics are even always bad or unnecessary. However, you really need to take a step back and, you know, ask yourself, is this what I need? Listen to that intuition. And the more you do it, the better you'll get. That's all I can say. There is also research suggesting and plenty of anecdotal evidence to suggest that Boredom actually leads to more creativity because it gives the imagination a chance to engage, right? On a, you know, on a very very basic level. And when we have everything we could possibly want or imagine at our immediate fingertips, it makes it so that it's hard for us to be bored. Boredom is a challenge I've had my entire life. I think a lot of us have felt this way. I have always had a hard time just sitting still with my thoughts because sometimes when I do that, it leads to dark places. And the more that I have healed my wounds and learned how to navigate them. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm completely healed or anything, but I do feel like I've made a lot of progress towards this version of myself that really knows how to ground into the present and I guess let negativity flow through me by creating better boundaries so that negativity can't get stuck. And the way to, to do that is through, you know, this fortification and cr- opening up the the channels within yourself, whether, you know, the chakras, the chi. The there are many ways to think about this or to go about it, but we'll have to save that for another episode. But delaying action can be really beneficial this is why practices like meditation and yoga tai chi anything that that you know gets you to slow down and really pay attention to your body and your mind and refocus those things can all be so helpful for boosting creativity and boosting just the general activity in our minds While Patrick and I were in Asheville, which is a beautifully creative city, there are so many art galleries and really neat vintage shops, amazing food and restaurants. And of course, there is plenty of stunning nature. But our favorite place that we discovered during our time there, where we probably spent the most time, was this beautiful tea shop called High Climate Tea. They do tea tastings. It's a stunning interior with a lot of traditional Chinese garden influences, lots of Chinese art. There is a lot of bamboo, a lot of plants. It's really beautiful and natural and calm. In one side of the space, they have a little restaurant where you can eat soba, um, mochi, different, and you can sit down and, and have a pot of tea to brew. They bring you the pot and teach you how to brew it properly. And then on the other side, they just have a bar where they do tea tastings and you can shop for all of the teas they have. And there are also so many gorgeous tea sets. We almost bought one, but I ended up just purchasing a gaiwan, which is a traditional cup that is used for brewing tea. It's gorgeous and if you would like to see it, go and check out my YouTube channel in about a week because I will have a vlog from this adventure up and ready for you to view. So to continue painting this picture, the lighting was stunning. They had big windows and at night when it got dark, that lighting was really, really warming and cozy as well kind of a lantern lit feeling. It was such a wonderful experience and I felt really taught this lesson of delayed gratification. It served as a beautiful reminder for why slowing down and pausing is and rituals are so important. We walked in the first night. They were about to close but told us that they were reopening for sake in 45 minutes or so. And we were like, oh, we're going to definitely come back because they said they would still serve a cup of tea. And we came in. I saw on the sign that they did tea tastings. And I asked about it. And they said, oh, we normally don't do them this late. But for you guys, we will. I guess they liked our vibe or something. And we learned so much. I I thought I knew decent amount about tea but after leaving that place I I still feel like I was not a beginner (laughs) but there's just so much to know and it was a real a real treat talking with the owner and some other people who worked there who were just so knowledgeable and so passionate I am guilty of sticking a bag of tea you know pre-wrapped into a cup with some hot water and leaving the bag in there and forgetting about it and then drinking the whole cup of tea and then maybe re-steeping once but most likely throwing the bag away. And I've had loose leaf tea before. I have several packs of loose leaf tea in in our little tea cabinet but I didn't realize, you guys, y'all may learn something new here, that When you steep tea, you're only supposed to steep it for like, in most cases, like max a couple of minutes, max like two or three minutes. And then you're supposed to remove the tea leaves from the water. And by not removing the tea leaves, you first of all oversteep. And so you lose several good cups of tea. You're also potentially going to burn the leaves. So you're not going to get the same flavor. It's going to be a lot more bitter. You won't get all of the distinguished notes and again most importantly you're just losing like several cups of tea a lot of teas you can brew you know 10 times maybe not that much i don't it depends on the kind of tea and i learned that you're supposed to rinse tea leaves off so you put them put the water in there and then you pour the water out um you can feed the rabbit there i can't remember what they're called but it's like one of the six tea tools and the rabbit takes the first the first steep. So this first steep rinses the tea leaves off and also provides an opportunity for the tea to open up a little bit and kind of really prepare to release its delicious and nutritious flavors into the water and properties. It's actually considered really rude to serve your guest the first or even second steep of tea, 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 because it's supposedly the worst one the best steep is often the second or third or fourth steep so as i'm explaining this you might be able to tell that it is a slow and sensual process of going through this it's also very communal you brew one batch and pour that among everybody in the the group and then do another batch so you're just having these little tiny cups of tea Over the course of however long, you know, however long you're sitting around for. But the process and act of making that perfect cup of tea requires some patience and you don't get the reward instantly. It takes a few minutes. I mean, and even a few minutes now can feel like a lifetime, right? One of the first steps that you can take to begin living just a more mindful life and delaying that gratification is to pay attention to when your phone notification goes off. Instead of instantly jumping to reach your phone, just try to sit and not pay attention to your phone for like 30 seconds. You might be surprised at how difficult that is. So the first step is definitely the awareness. And this can apply to other different things too. Like If you are feeling an urge to go grab something from the fridge, or feeling an urge to click pay now on Amazon or whatever the whatever it says or you're feeling an urge to sit on the couch instead of getting up and exercising I don't know all of these things when you feel the urge to do them instead of you don't have to not do them at all that's not what I'm saying because we're taking baby steps here slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be but just direct your attention to it and think huh I'm feeling a instinctual urge to move towards that right now without even thinking about it. Just pay attention. And if you're ready to, to take it a step beyond that, then you can take a sticky note and every time you notice yourself wanting to give in to that hit of instant gratification, tally it on a on a sticky note or piece of paper and over the course of a day or days or a week you're gonna be really shocked at what you see and putting it in front of you like that putting anything in front of you like that I mean at least for me personally it really helps me to get some perspective it's like using a budgeting app or something you don't really you know you're spending a lot of money, but you don't realize just how much money you're spending until you look at the budgeting app and, you know, you see the, the gazins and the gazouts and you're like, oh, I need to change my behaviors. Um totally not saying that from personal experience or anything. For real, though, I'm going to do some episodes on money and financial responsibility in the future. Just you wait. I just want to get a few more things under my belt first before we dive down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so... By watching the urges and delaying the response, we can open up, up a window for us to make conscious decisions about the actions that we are taking. We can think logically about it. We can think rationally a little bit more so, potentially. It's it's that separation of the ego or the monkey brain and the higher self and this more complex part of our being. Trust me, you have the willpower to make a conscious decision and to move forward in the direction that you really want to move forward and you know would best serve you. It's also really helpful to practice activities that are going to help ground you into the present moment. These activities can act as an anchor for you to pull you down, to pull you out of the future and out of the past, Out of imagining how this hit of dopamine is going to make you feel or whatever action it is is going to make you feel you're just focusing on the present focusing on what is good around you what is beautiful around you even if you are suffering in some ways You're not suffering in other ways. I can tell you that. Like if my stomach is really hurting or I have a horrible headache and that's all I can think about, right? Because it's it's occupying my brain. I'm worried that something is really wrong with me or that, you know, I need to go and Google everything, talk to Dr. Google or some horrible thing is going to happen to me in the middle of my sleep tonight and I'm going to be sick for the rest of my life you see how you can catastrophize and go from zero to 100 real fast. And honestly, I think I look at my health anxiety and I see a lot of the issues in there as an instant gratification issue because again, it's not trusting my body to tell me when something is really wrong. Like, yeah, we're going to have little, we're going to have little hiccups here and there. I have them all the time, but for the most part, I think it's stress causing them. And there could be other issues, but they're not so severe that I need to let them occupy all of my attention. Instead, I can focus on the fact that I feel really safe in my apartment right now. I have a, my two cats and I have my partner and I have, you know, access to a phone so I can call emer- if, if there is an emergency. I have good food to eat. And importantly, and you know, probably the most difficult part of this is just accepting that when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And I can't control that. And it is okay to not have control over everything. In fact, it's healthy, very, very healthy to not have control over everything. Because control can be another another source for instant gratification and getting those dopamine hits, right? Feeling like we can micromanage and set our worlds up in a specific way that will somehow make us feel better emotionally. So back to activities that ground us into the present. I love just laying on the ground and literally feeling the weight of my body sinking into the ground. And now if you're already feeling really grounded and what you're seeking is more of a sense of freedom and flight, then this may not be the right exercise for you. But this exercise will be really helpful for my ladies who are feeling so detached from the present and feeling so worried Like worrisome all the time, or feeling regretful and grieving past experiences, or feeling depressed, or looking at life and thinking that you're not enough. This just allows you to be here now and for your present reality to be good enough. You don't have to be doing something every second of every day for your life to have meaning and to be valuable and for you to have self-worth. I find myself getting stuck in this thinking trap of, oh, I have five minutes right now. I should do this thing real quick on Instagram or on my phone, or waking up and thinking, I can't get started on my work until I've had a cup of coffee because I've fed myself this limiting belief that caffeine is the only way that I will be alert enough and focused enough to get things done. I used to do the same thing with weed. I'm not going to say that I don't ever smoke weed anymore. However, I used to smoke so much that I felt like I couldn't relax without it. I couldn't just enjoy life without it. I will probably go into that later on in the show. Not today's episode though because it's a whole topic on its own. (laughs) When these habits are so ingrained into our daily lives that our brain believes those habits are the only way to exist, then we have a, we have a challenge we have a problem to overcome right this week i really challenge and encourage you to spend some time instead of succumbing to whatever urge it is that you have you simply sit and do nothing and give yourself permission to do nothing and and just be just exist because you're only given one life here and at the end of the day it really doesn't matter what you do with it however Wouldn't you rather go through life feeling really fulfilled and really good and not feeling like you wasted half of your day at the end of the day when you're going to bed or getting sucked into your phone first thing in the morning or last thing before you go to sleep? I don't know. These are all things I'm working on. And I would love to hear all of your perspectives as well. So feel free to follow me and reach out on either atsocksounds.com or at the wellness wave pod. And I'm Slog sounds on YouTube. So you can always find me there too. But I think that is where I'm going to leave you guys for today, because that was a mouthful. And I feel I feel like I said a lot. So I'll let I'll let that digest a little bit for you before we continue down this wormhole of whatever it is we talk about here. <laughs> um i hope you have a beautiful rest of your week and i will see you around in the near future thank you so much for joining me this week in the safe space of the wellness wave podcast If you would like to support me and my show, I would be so grateful if you left a Spotify or iTunes review, followed me on my social channels at Sounds or at the Wellness Wave Pod, or shared with a friend or family member who you know would infinitely benefit from listening. Until next Monday, have a beautiful week with the intention of creating waves.